Welcome to the All Sports Podcast. My name is Andrew Schaefer, and we're on the, the point of this podcast is to talk all things sports. I will do every sport. I will do baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer. I will also do a little bit of the UFC, even though I don't know much about it. We will also do a lot of golf. I am a big golf fan, as well as college sports. So this is strictly sports. I will not talk politics. I will not talk anything about uh, celebrities and any of all the drama that's been going on. So this is strictly a sports podcast. Um, I would love your feedback. This is my first ever podcast I'm doing. So any feedback would be greatly appreciated. Um, This is my first time, so just bear with me as we go through each sport. So we're going to start this podcast. I'm going to introduce myself first. My name is Andrew Schaefer. I went to Syracuse University, so I am a Syracuse University sports fan. Uh, I also went to Lynn University and did an MBA there as well. Um, I am from New York, so I am a New York sports fan. Uh, I am the Jets, Rangers, Knicks, and the Yankees, as well as Syracuse sports, as I mentioned before, as well as I am also a Paris Saint-Germain fan. That is uh, my soccer team. My favorite UFC fighter is John Bones Jones. Uh, My favorite golfer, of course, is the one and only Tiger Woods, because who else would you pick? So we're going to start today with baseball. That'll be the first thing we'll talk about. Obviously, the playoffs are going on, as most of you know. Um, The American League, we're now at the American League Championship Series, which is between the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros. Uh, For those of you that don't follow baseball, I'll just give a brief overview of what happened. The Red Sox won the American League East. The American League Central Division was won by the Cleveland Indians. And the American League West was won by the defending champion Houston Astros. They won the World Series last year. And the wild card game this year featured my New York Yankees. And the surprise team, I think a lot of people didn't expect, the Oakland Athletics. And so the wild card game was played out. The Yankees ended up winning that game. And the Yankees, you just felt like they were going to get hot at the right time. Aaron Judge hit a home run. Giancarlo Stanton hit a home run. Severino had a great start for them. Oakland went bullpen by committee in their start, which I thought was a little bizarre. But the Yankees ended up pulling that out. So everybody got what they wanted, Red Sox and Yankees. And the Houston Astros playing Cleveland. So I'll start with the Astros and the Indians series. Uh, The Astros won in three games. Um, which I think most people expected. I don't think anyone really expected Cleveland to come out and win this series, especially with the depth and the pitching that the Houston Astros have this year by having Justin Verlander, who may be the best pitcher of this generation, maybe of all time. If you want to make that argument, you certainly can. Uh, They also have Garrett Cole, who they got in the offseason from the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then Dallas Keuchel pitched in game three. He's obviously more of a... Uh, slower speed type of pitcher likes to move the ball around a lot with his changeup and his off-speed pitches. So the Astros pretty much dominated the series from the beginning. Um, won the first two games pretty handily and won Game Three, 11 to three, to sweep the Indians. So let's look at the Cleveland Indians. They had a great season again, but once again this team falls short in the playoffs. They acquired Josh Donaldson at the deadline from the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Obviously, their team with Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, you know, these guys have been there a while. They're all very, very good baseball players. Unfortunately, I think the thing with the Indians is they just ran into the wrong team. The Astros are deep. They're defending champs. They know how to get to this point. And they're just, they're, they're too good. And when you have guys like Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, George Springer, Justin Verlander, you know, and company, it's very, very difficult to beat that team. You almost need to have the perfect series to beat the Houston Astros. And unfortunately, Cleveland was far from that. And now the Astros are going to take on the Boston Red Sox, who defeated the the, uh, New York Yankees in four games. Now, being a Yankees fan, obviously it's disappointing to see them just get absolutely embarrassed by Boston. Game three, they lost 16-1. to To me, that might be the most embarrassing loss in the history of the Yankees. And that's saying a lot because they got swept. They were 
up 3-0 in 2004 and blew that series. This is right up there. I mean, what Aaron Boone did was inexcusable. It's it's despicable. It's asinine. I mean, it is, it's bad. And, you know, you brought in Aaron Boone to replace Joe Girardi, who was the manager there for a while. Um, Joe Girardi won a World Series in 2009, got fired at the end of last season. And it was mostly because the Yankees... Uh, Joe Girardi, excuse me, the Yankees manager Joe Girardi just did not pull out his pitchers at the right time and he ran guys to the ground. And now Aaron Boone had a game plan the last two nights, the last two games, in games three and four, and obviously they didn't work. Now game three, it was Luis Severino uh, on the mound for the Yankees. And, you know, I think a lot, I think Yankee fans were confident in him, you know, after the way he pitched in the wild card game. And, you know, you had a feeling he was going to pitch really well. He could go five or six innings and and maybe get the win. For the Red Sox, it was Nathan Yavaldi, uh, former Yankee. Uh, had some arm issues, had Tommy John surgery, and uh, was coming in red hot. Excuse me, had pitched very well. And uh, Nathan Yavaldi pitched great. He went seven innings, gave up five hits, one run, and five strikeouts. He pitched outstanding for the Red Sox. And, you know, the Red Sox, obviously Brock Holt hit for the cycle, uh, it's the first cycle ever hit in baseball history in the playoffs, so congratulations to Brock Holt. Um, but the Yankees were mismanaged. Severino should have been taken out after the second inning. He should have been taken out after the second inning. I don't understand the thought process of bringing in Lance Lynn. Uh, I would have brought in Chad Green in that situation. Considering the success Chad Green has had this year, especially towards the second half of the year, he's actually pitched a lot better. Uh, that was really disappointing to see uh, Aaron Boone really screw that up. Severino, uh, if you want to know his numbers, went three innings, gave up seven hits, six runs, two walks, and two strikeouts. He came in, and basically he gave up two hits and a walk. They took him out. They brought in Lance Lynn, and Lance Lynn did absolutely nothing. He walked the first batter he faced, and then gave up a bases-clearing double to Andrew Benintendi, and the Red Sox had a 7-0 lead, and that was all she wrote. And, you know, it was disappointing because you could tell the Yankees were deflated. You could tell it was it was really a tough situation for them. And you just feel for a guy like Aaron Judge, who plays hard every night and played well, you know, this, this uh, postseason, you know, and... Really, the only two guys I think that showed up in this series were Aaron Judge and Masahiro Tanaka. You know, Gary Sanchez had his moments. You know, he had he had the two-homer game. Um, but I really just, I felt like the Yankees were never really in this series. They were in it in game two. And then once the first run was scored in game three, it just felt like the Yankees were down 10 nothing at that point. It just felt like they were down just a lot of runs. And I did not like a lot of the lineup decisions for game four which the Yankees needed a do-or-die game. And once again, Aaron Boone screws up by putting in CeCe Sabathia to start. I would not have done that. I would have gone with Jay Happ in this game. I understand that Sabathia is a veteran guy who is a big part of this locker room. I get it. But CeCe Sabathia is a fifth starter at best in Major League Baseball right now. He, He has no fastball. He throws 89 miles an hour. And he relies a lot on his off-speed pitches, his his cutter and that changeup. He relies a lot on, and he had nothing that night in Game Four. He had nothing. He threw everything down the middle. You know, after the bases got loaded in the first inning, I would have I would have warmed somebody up. Probably again, Chad Green is who I would have warmed up. But unfortunately, Aaron Boone had a game plan, and the game plan was to let Sabathia pitch until Jackie Bradley Jr. came up second time around. Well, by the time Jackie Bradley Jr. came up the second time around, the Red Sox were up 4 nothing, And that was a huge mistake. It was a stubborn move on Aaron Boone's part. Um, I didn't like it at all. And I also didn't like some of the things he did with this lineup. First thing he did was he sat Miguel Andahar. I understand that Andahar is not a great fielder. His arm is terrible. He throws underhand. But he's your best hitter most of the season. I mean, he's he had over 90 RBIs, over 20 home runs, and he's a rookie. I understand his defense is not great. I, I get it. But you have, you're in a do-or-die game. You have to play your best players. Your best third baseman this year has been Miguel Andujar. 
Now, in terms of McCutcheon and Gardner, I get it. McCutcheon did not make a good play in game three. He let Mookie Betts get the third base. I get it. You want to sit him for that reason? Fine. But Andrew McCutcheon is a better player than Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner's had a terrible season. He's making, I think they said he's making a $12 million option, which the Yankees are certainly going to decline. They're not going to bring him back. And Andrew McCutcheon should have played left field that night. Now, would it have made a difference? I don't know. I can't sit here and say that he would have done better than Brett Gardner. But Andrew McCutcheon should have been in left field that night. Jay Happ should have been on the mound, and Miguel Andahar should have played third base. But again, I'm not Aaron Boone. I'm not getting paid to make these decisions. And now a lot of this blame is going to go on Brian Cashman because Brian Cashman's the one who fired Joe Girardi, brings in Aaron Boone, a guy who relies a little more on analytics. And I'm not saying analytics are a bad thing. I think there's a place in analytics in every sport. Every sport, I think there's a place for it. But not when you're down, not when you're in a do-or-die situation and you decide, okay, I'm going to play Neil Walker over Miguel Andahar because he's a lefty. That's a pretty stupid reason to play Neil Walker. And, you know, I, I just didn't understand it. Um, if you were going to put Neil Walker in, I, I could have seen it maybe at first base for Voight. Um, but, you know, I, I would have gone with the best lineup. I would have thrown Hap on the mound. And if you lose, you lose. Give the Red Sox credit. I'm not taking anything away from Boston. They deserve all the credit in the world. J.D. Martinez is an outstanding player. Mookie Betts is a great player. You know, Brock Holt hits for the cycle. Brock Holt! You let Brock Holt hit for the cycle. Brock Holt is a bench player for the Red Sox. You know, if Dustin Pedroia is healthy, he's coming off the bench. You just let him hit a home run, a triple, a double, and a single in one game. That is embarrassing for the Yankees. Their bullpen did nothing. They didn't show up, and they put in the wrong people. Now, in game four, Sabathia goes three innings. He was horrendous. Zach Britton was okay. He wasn't terrible. But, you know, Robertson, Batances, Chapman were great. They all were very good. And now you're sitting at home, and now all Aaron Boone is probably doing is second-guessing himself because of what he just did to this team. Now, I'm not solely going to blame Aaron Boone because Severino was awful, Sabathia was awful, and Hap was not good in his first playoff game. Okay, those guys were not good. The only starting pitcher that showed up was Masahiro Tanaka. He was great in game two. And I would have gone with, like I said before, I would have gone with Hap in game four, Tanaka game five. But, you know, the Yankees made a decision, and unfortunately it backfired for them. So now, as we move on, now it's the Red Sox and the Astros uh, in the I mean, ALCS. I will take the Astros to beat them in six games. I think the Astros pitching staff is too deep. I don't trust David Price. I'm not sure I trust Porcello all that much. I, I like the Red Sox pitching. Like I think Yavaldi's very good. Porcello is up and down. Sale is a great pitcher, obviously. And the one bugaboo really is David Price. And the bullpen is a problem for the Red Sox. I think the Astros are going to expose it. And I'm going to say the Astros win in six games and get back to the World Series. So now we go to the National League uh, side of things. So just to refresh everybody's memory, the winner of the NL East was the Atlanta Braves. That was a surprise to a lot of people because everybody picked the Washington Nationals to win and they had a terrible season. The NL Central was a one by Milwaukee. That also was a little bit of a surprise because I think most people thought the Cubs were going to do it. And the NL West was won by the LA Dodgers. That was not a surprise to anybody. And the wildcard game was between the Chicago Cubs and the Colorado Rockies. Now, the Colorado Rockies get a lot of criticism because they come from Coors Field. And Coors Field, obviously, the air is thinner, the ball travels more. You know, I get it. Um, the Rockies played great in the wildcard game. Freeland pitched great. The Rockies ended up winning 2-1 in the 13th inning at Wrigley Field, and the Cubs were sent home. That was the team I picked to win the World Series this year when the season started, and now they're knocked out. And, um, you know, people were questioning whether Joe Madden should be the manager next season. All I'm going to say for Joe Madden is he's a great manager, but I don't think he's the right manager for the Cubs right now. I think he was the right manager to end the curse and all that, but I, I just don't think he is the right guy right now. I think Joe Madden should go to the Angels, go be with Mike Trout, and go win one there. Um, so that's that. So now it's it was Rockies, the Colorado Rockies and the Milwaukee Brewers and the LA Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers won in three games. Obviously, it's a best-of-five series. Milwaukee has, who I think will win the MVP this year, and Christian Yelich. 
Um, they have Lorenzo Cain, Ryan Braun, uh, Jesus Aguilar. They've got some really good players on their team. And uh, fortunately, they were able to beat the Colorado Rockies uh, in three games and sweep them. And then the on the other side, the Dodgers beat the Braves in four games, Atlanta winning game three. And uh, the Dodgers won game four after Manny Machado hit a home run and stared at it for what felt like an hour. Um, so now it's Dodgers, Brewers. Um, I'm going to take the LA Dodgers to win. And the reason is because of the experience that the Dodgers went through last year, getting to the World Series. Most of their team is the same. Milwaukee, a lot of these guys haven't been in this situation really, except for Ryan Braun and Lorenzo Cain, who went to a World Series with Kansas City. Um, they're, they're actually, their starting catcher was the Yankees bullpen catcher, Eric Kratz. That's a great story. Um, you know, a 38-year-old guy comes out and gets a starting job in Milwaukee. So congratulations to Eric Kratz. Um, but I do believe it will be a rematch between the Astros and the Dodgers. And I believe the Houston Astros will win the World Series for the second straight year. The pitching is too deep. Their team is too deep all over the place. Um, I don't really like their bullpen, but I think they're good enough to get it done. And I do believe the Astros will win the World Series uh, once again. So that wraps up our baseball part of our podcast. Uh, up next, we will talk about the NFL with uh, the big game tonight between the Giants and the Eagles. So now we move on to the NFL section of our podcast. Uh, full disclosure, I am a New York Jets fan. So uh, obviously, I don't have any bias towards the Giants or the Eagles tonight. Tonight is a big game for both teams. The Eagles have lost their last two games, and the Giants are 1-4. and four. The Eagles record on the Eagles have not won a road game this year, and the Giants haven't won a home game. So something's got to give tonight. When you look at the, we'll start with the Eagles. When you look at their team, everyone's saying, why are they so bad? They won the Super Bowl. Guess what? There's something called a Super Bowl hangover, and it happens in every sport where the team has a, a little bit of a hangover because they won a championship. And it was the first Super Bowl they've ever won. And they're going through an adjustment period right now. I think you look at they don't really have a running game. There's rumors that they're interested in their former running back, LaShawn McCoy. I think that would be a great move for them. But if I were them, I would go after Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's four years younger. He's a lot better than LaShawn McCoy. But if they like the comfort level they had with him, then fine. By all means, go for LaShawn McCoy. Their offensive line has been okay. Um, Their receiver core is, is pretty good, but it hasn't really performed, I think, to the level they expected. And their secondary hasn't really played great. Um, so they lost LeGarrette Blunt in the running game to Detroit. He went to go play for Matt Patricia, his former coach in New England. And that was a big loss for them. And the Eagles are going to have to figure out a way to balance their offense. Otherwise, uh, it could be a long night for them. Now let's look at the Giants. Obviously, being in New York, I hear every day about the Giants and what's going on and you know what the ins and outs are. The biggest issue with the Giants is... They have a fractured locker room. It's a fractured locker room. What Odell Beckham did with Little Wayne and that interview that he did with Josina Anderson was embarrassing. It was selfish. Um, I didn't like it at all. I understand that he's trying to motivate his team, and he did that, obviously. They were very close to beating Carolina. Graham Gano hit a phenomenal 63-yard field goal to win it. But personally, I didn't like what he did. I thought it was awful. Um, and I'm not the biggest Giants fan. Like I said, I respect the hell out of Eli Manning. Eli Manning won two Super Bowls against the Patriots. And, you know, I know Eli's not the most mobile guy, but he also has no offensive line to help him. Uh, Odell, you know, all he does, all he seems to be doing recently is complain about every little thing that's going on. He's complaining he's not getting the ball. He's complaining his offense isn't moving. You know, there's so many things going on. And now that he's getting paid $95 million, all of a sudden he thinks he's the coach. And I have a big problem with that. I would not have signed Odell Beckham Jr. If I, was a, if I were the Giants. I would have traded him to a team like the Browns, who showed a lot of interest in him. He could have played with his college buddy, Jarvis Landry. I think he could have gotten maybe a, at least one, hopefully two first-round picks for him. You know, the Browns would have had Baker Mayfield. Who knows what the Browns would have been able to do with Odell Beckham Jr.? But uh, the Giants are in disarray. They have a lot of problems. Getting Olivier Vernon back, I think, will help them tonight. But unfortunately, this team 
no offensive line. You don't have a mobile quarterback. You have a, a receiver that's just complaining left and right. You know, your GM didn't really help you much this offseason. Um, I'm going to take the Eagles tonight. The Eagles, by the way, the line tonight is Philly at minus one and a half. I will take the Eagles to win 27 to 13 over the Giants. I think the Giants season is over. I think it's done. It's a wrap. They will probably have second or third pick in the draft. And uh, I just don't see them winning tonight. I just don't see how they can do it. If they do, I hope they prove me wrong for New Yorkers sake, but I'm going to go with the Eagles tonight to win it. So I will pick every football game. Uh, I will read the spreads of each game. I am not picking with spreads. I am not promoting gambling on this. That is not happening. So the first game is the Indianapolis Colts and the, at the New York Jets. Now the Jets are two and three. They won last week against Denver. Indianapolis is one and four. They lost on Thursday night to the New England Patriots. Uh, I will take the Jets to win this game. I, I think Sam Darnold looked very good last week against Denver. Um, you know, Isaiah Corral obviously had a big week. I don't expect him to do that again. I think that's a little crazy. Um, but the Jets have to get Robbie Anderson more involved. He's a big deep threat for them, and they need to get him more involved, especially if Quincy Anun was going to be doubled up a lot. I think that's a that's a big uh, part of their game. I think the defense played well. I think Leonard Williams is very good right now. He had a great game. It was probably the best game of the season last week. Um, so I will take the Jets to beat Indianapolis. The next game is Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Uh, Jameis Winston is playing this week, coming off the bye. Uh, Atlanta lost last week to Pittsburgh. They looked horrible. Um, I will take the Atlanta Falcons. Even though they're 1-4, they are playing in the Dome, and I think that will help them. Jameis Winston's first game back, I'm not sure how well he's going to adjust. Um, so I will take the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta is minus 3, um, but I will take the Falcons to beat the Buccaneers. Next game is the Steelers and the Bengals. This is going to be a tough game. Pittsburgh's on the road at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's gone off to a great start. They're 4-1. Pittsburgh's 2-2-1. You know, obviously, no Le'Veon Bell. He's still out holding out for his money. Um, James Conner's been very good for Pittsburgh uh, running the football. Uh, I will take the Cincinnati Bengals. I think there's something going on in Pittsburgh, something in their locker room with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, Mike Tomlin. Something is going on there that I don't seem to like. So I will take the Bengals. The line is Cincinnati minus two. I will take the Bengals to beat the Steelers. Next game is the LA Chargers at the Cleveland Browns. The Chargers are a one-point favorite. This is going to be a very tough game for the LA Chargers coming basically across the country to come into the dog pound. And Cleveland is not an easy place to play. You know, Mayfield's played well so far. I like Duke Johnson in the backfield. I like uh, Njoku. I also like Jarvis Landry. Um, Carlos Hyde at the running back position will help them. And for the Chargers, you know, Phillip Rivers has done, been at this a long time. Um, he understands what it takes to win in this league. I know he's never won a Super Bowl, never been to one. But, you know, he, he understands the process and what it takes to win. But I'm going to take the Browns here. I think the, the Chargers are a one-point favorite. But I'm going to take Cleveland to beat the L.A. Chargers at the dog pound. Uh, the next game on the schedule is the Seattle Seahawks. And the Oakland Raiders. This game is being played in London at Wembley Stadium. Uh, Seattle is a minus two and a half in this game. This is a game of two really bad football teams. You know, Oakland trades Khalil Mack to Chicago. I think that just deflated the Raiders. John Gruden seems like he doesn't have a clue what he's doing. And Seattle, you know, the Legion of Boom breaks up. Russell Wilson has no line to protect him. Um, I'm going to take the Oakland Raiders in this game. I, th I think going to Wembley gets them out of Oakland, gets them away from everybody, and I think that's really going to help them. I like Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. Marshawn Lynch will carry it back there. I will take the Raiders to beat Seattle this week in a little bit of an upset. The next game is Chicago at Miami. Miami was 3-0. They've now lost two straight on the road. Chicago comes in at 3-1. And, you know, the Bears, look, I don't think a lot of people expected them to do well this year. Trubisky at the quarterback position has gotten a lot better. You got two running backs in Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Uh, Chicago is minus three and a half. I'm going to take the Bears. I, I think the game's going to be close, though. I, I think the Dolphins are kind of skidding out of control right now, but I, I really like the Bears to win this game at Miami. Next is Arizona at Minnesota. Now, Minnesota's a 10-point favorite. Josh Rosen's going on the road 
uh, to play Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I like Minnesota big in this game. I think Arizona, they are lost. You know, they hired Steve Wilkes to be their coach. Um, I've spoken to a few Cardinals fans that they're not very pleased with how he's coaching the team. Uh, the Cardinals are 0-3 on the road. Uh, I'm sorry, they are 1-1 one one on the road um, with their one win coming against the San Francisco 49ers. But I will take the Minnesota Vikings to win this game. Uh, Minnesota, once again, is a 10-point favorite at home. The next game, this is a tough one to pick, is the Carolina Panthers on the road at Washington face the Redskins. Redskins got embarrassed on Monday night, losing to Drew Brees in the NFL touchdown record game. Uh, Carolina beat the Giants at the end. Uh, I will take the Carolina Panthers. I I like the way Cam Newton is running the offense. I think Christian McCaffrey is becoming more and more a part of the offense. Um, Devin Funches is becoming a nice go-to target for Cam. Uh, I don't really like the way the defense played last week against the Giants. I don't really like the way the Redskins played last week against the Saints, and I'm not sold on Jay Gruden as a great coach either, which is why I'm going to take Carolina to beat Washington. Even though Washington is a one-point favorite at home, I will take the Carolina Panthers to win that game. The next game on the schedule is the Buffalo Bills at the Houston Texans. So Houston started out 0-3. They've won two straight. Buffalo is also 2-3. Houston is a 10-point favorite at home. I will take the Houston Texans to win this game by 30 points. Um, The Bills, listen, rookie quarterback Josh Allen, he's going to learn. Deshaun Watson's played well. Lamar Miller, DeAndre Hopkins, maybe a top five receiver in the league. And uh, Buffalo still needs a little time to figure out what they want to do. And uh, they just signed Derek Anderson to help the development of Josh Allen. Um, But I will take the Houston Texans, even with the 10 points, to beat the Buffalo Bills. Next is the Rams at the Broncos. This is a tough game for L.A. because every time somebody goes into Denver, it's very, very hard to win in that building. But the Rams have looked unstoppable. Gurley's looked great. Goff has looked really good. And, you know, unfortunately, though, they had a couple injuries to Cooks and Cup. Um, You know, but I'm going to go with an upset. I'm going to take Denver in this game. I know that's... A bit of a risk there um, with the Rams, but if you're missing your top two receivers, it's going to be very hard for L.A. They're going to rely a lot on Todd Gurley. The Broncos are going to put 9-10 in the box and say, Jerry Goff, go beat us with you know your fourth-string receivers. So I will pick the upset of the week here. I will take Denver to beat the L.A. Rams at mile high. Next is Jacksonville at Dallas. I think Jacksonville wins this game. Dallas last week lost to Houston in overtime. Um, and Jacksonville looked horrible against Kansas City. I think Jacksonville bounces back. You know, Bortles is, is going to have his ups and downs, um, but I love Jacksonville's defense. They're, they're probably the best in the league. You know, Doug Marone is my guy from Syracuse. Tom Coughlin's another Syracuse guy. So I will take the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the next game is the Ravens and the Titans. That is at Tennessee. Um, Baltimore is a two and a half point favorite, but I'm going to take Tennessee in this game. Um, Flacco to me just looks like the, looks like the same Joe Flacco. Not a lot of intensity, not a lot of enthusiasm, kind of just sits back, throws the ball and that's it. It's not much to it. Uh, the running game isn't great. You know, Tennessee, I like Mike Vrabel. I like Marcus Mariota. They bring a little excitement to Tennessee. So I'm going to take the Titans, even though they were a two and a half point dog, I will take them to beat Baltimore. And then the game of the night that everybody wants to watch is Kansas City at New England. Patrick Mahomes, who is probably the MVP favorite right now, is going to get tested on the road to face Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots. Now, for me to take Kansas City very seriously to win a Super Bowl, this game has to be won by Kansas City. If Kansas City does not win this game, I'm not sure how seriously I can take this team. I really don't, especially when they're away from Arrowhead. Arrowhead's one of the hardest stadiums to play in. Gillette's very hard as well. New England is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I would take New England to win, but I think Kansas City will cover three-and-a-half. I think it's going to be a three-point win for New England. I think Kansas City's going to give them all they can handle, but I think New England will find a way because Tom Brady seems to find a way in every game. And then the last game is Monday Night Football, which is between the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. 
No Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season with a torn ACL, so I will take Green Bay to win this fairly easily. It's at Lambeau Field. Uh, Green Bay's minus 9.5. I'd probably take Green Bay to win it by 15 or 20. So I will take Green Bay. Those of you wondering, the buys this week are the Lions and the Saints. Um, And then we will recap on Monday uh, with all the picks, how I did. Uh, I don't think it's going to be very good because I took some chances, but we'll see how that goes. So that's it for our NFL portion of our podcast. Up next, we are going to move on to the NBA, and the top story is the Jimmy Butler saga, so we will get into that in the next portion of the podcast. So now we move on to the NBA portion of the podcast the NBA is only five days away. It starts Tuesday night. Philadelphia will take on Boston. And Oklahoma City will go to Golden State, where they will have the ring ceremony once again in that. And they will have it again this season as Golden State will win it. Um, I will give my predictions for the season, um, some of the awards that I think, who's going to win some of the awards, what teams are going to make the playoffs, and um, what I think is going to happen this year. But the top story of the day is clearly Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler um, obviously plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, the head coach there is Tom Thibodeau, and obviously their franchise players, Carl Anthony Towns and also Andrew Wiggins, who they're both paying a lot of money, uh, over $25 million. Now, Jimmy Butler uh, had a whole falling out yesterday at practice. He basically yelled at the players, yelled at the coach, yelled at the GM, saying that they need him to win. Let me just tell you something. Jimmy Butler, when he's on the team, they were only an eight seed. So what does that tell you? You know, he's saying that they need to win, but they're only an eight seed. Now, are they going to make the playoffs this year? I don't think so. I think this whole situation is fractured. It's over. Uh, Is it fixable? No, I don't think it is. You know, and I think a lot, there was a lot of hype around this team. You know, when you get Carl Anthony Towns and Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, like you get Jeff Teague, like you got some really, really good players. And unfortunately, it just has not worked out. You know, Jimmy Butler comes out and calls Carl Anthony Towns, you know, and basically tells him that he he cares more about his numbers than winning. He says that Andrew Wiggins is softer than uh, than Kleenex. Look, I, I get all that, but in the end, it's about winning. And you know, if if they were winning. If they got as far as they could, there wouldn't be this situation. Jimmy Butler is disgruntled. He's not happy. He actually had a sit-down interview yesterday with Rachel Nichols, and he basically said that it's not fixable. And But Jimmy Butler understands that Carl Anthony Towns is the future, and Andrew Wiggins has is probably the freakiest athlete in the league. The problem is he thinks that they don't care about winning as much as he does, and that and that's a problem. And... Jimmy Butler, given his list of teams he wanted to go to, on there was the Knicks, the Nets, the Clippers, and the Miami Heat. And I think the team that makes the most sense for him is the LA Clippers and the Miami Heat. The New York Knicks do not make any sense. And I'm a Knicks fan, and we do need stars. But I do not want a guy who has problems with young players. Young players are learning how to win. He is a veteran guy who wants to win. You know, he needs to be with veteran guys. Now, if I'm the Knicks, I'm not going anywhere near him. I'm not trading for him. I'm not signing him. I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. This guy has a lot of problems. He's had issues in Chicago, and he's had issues in Minnesota. And I just, I'm not a fan. I think Jimmy Butler's a great player. He's probably a top five two-way player in the league. But unfortunately, he just has too much baggage for me if I'm Scott Perry and Steve Mills to go after him. So I would, I would pass on Jimmy Butler if I'm the Knicks. So now that that's all been, been out there and said, uh, I'm going to give my predictions for this season. Uh, in the Atlantic Division, I have the Boston Celtics winning it. I think they're the favorites in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward's back from his injury, and you got Al Horford. Jason Tatum is a star. Jalen Brown is a great complimentary piece. I love the depth this team has. So I will, I will excuse me. 
I will pick them to beat the rest of the division to win it. Uh, the second team in the division will be the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are going to be great players for a long time in this league. Um, you know, obviously having J.J. Redick back will help, and obviously Dario Saric as well. Third place for me will be Toronto. Uh, the Raptors got Kawhi Leonard in exchange for DeMar DeRozan. That situation got really ugly. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry, I can tell, does not want to be a part of this team. Uh, it could fall apart very quickly in Toronto. I think once Kawhi Leonard is added there, because I don't think he'll be there long term, I do think he will end up being... Uh, in LA at some point, whether it's for the Clippers or the Lakers. Um, I don't think he'll be in Toronto next season, and Toronto's going to have to blow it up. Kyle Lowry will probably get moved. Um, I don't really like the rest of their team all that much, but they're better than the other two teams in the division. Um, I think the Nets will come in fourth. I think Jared Allen is a much improved player from last year, uh, the guy they drafted out of Texas. Um, I think D'Angelo, this is a big year for D'Angelo Russell. He's a guy who was drafted second overall in the 2015 draft, and he has not done anything. He was with the Lakers. They moved into Brooklyn. Hasn't really done a whole lot. So this is kind of a big year for him, considering he's now not the starting point guard. That job was taken by Spencer Dinwiddie, who uh, was very vocal yesterday about coming out as being the most improved player. I happen to agree with him. And... Um, I definitely think that he he should have won that award. I know Oladipo was a great player, but Spencer Dinwiddie should have won that award. Uh, and then last will be the Knicks. They're in a huge rebuild. Porzingis is out until who knows when with his injuries. Um, they're still trying to figure out their young players. I think David Fisdale's a great hire for them. Obviously, being a Knicks fan, it's going to be a frustrating season to watch them. Um, I'm very curious to see what Fizdale does with the lineup, who he plays, who he doesn't play, because there's a lot of options right now. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around that Kevin Durant may come over next season. You can't really take those seriously right now. We haven't even started the season. so. Uh, but I believe the Knicks will come in the last position in that division. So we move on to the Central Division. And uh, the winner for me in that division is going to be the Indiana Pacers. And the Indiana Pacers are a team that I think exceeded expectations last year. Um, but I like their team. You know, Victor Oladipo is, is a very good player. Um, you know, I like Miles Turner, but he needs to step up. Miles Turner did not have a great year last year. He really needs to step up and, and become a big part of this organization. You have Darren Collison at the point guard position. He's nice, but I think they could do better there as well. They drafted Aaron Holiday. He's going to need a little time, um, so we'll see how that shakes out for them. Um, I also like the Kyle O'Quinn pickup and Doug McDermott as well. I think that'll help them. But the, really the big pickup for me for them was Tyree Devins. I mean, he was great last year for New Orleans, and I, I think he'll be a huge part of Indiana this year under head coach Nate McMillan second place team for me is the Milwaukee Bucks. My pick to win MVP this year is Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think that guy, sky's the limit with him. He could be the best player in the NBA one day. You know, next to Anthony Davis and, and those guys. And um, I just think he's a phenomenal player. Um, you know, they got rid of Jabari Parker. Obviously, he went to Chicago. Um, Malcolm Brogdon um, will now start for them. You know, the, I think the one thing they're missing is a center. They're missing a center, uh, but they also hired Mike Budenholzer from the Atlanta Hawks. I really like that move from Milwaukee. I think that's a big upgrade over Jason Kidd. And um, I am going to take Milwaukee to come in second place in that division. Third place in the division for me will, will be the Detroit Pistons. Uh, they fired Stan Van Gundy. He was the director of basketball operations. He was fired. And they hired Dwayne Casey from the Toronto Raptors, who won Coach of the Year. It's not very often you see a Coach of the Year get fired. Um, but Detroit got very fortunate. I think Dwayne Casey will do a great job there. Um, they have Blake Griffin now. They also have Andre Drummond. Uh, Reggie Jackson will be healthy. So I, I, think, I think Dwayne Casey has a great opportunity to bring basketball back to Detroit. The fourth place team for me will be the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Um, obviously, losing LeBron to the Lakers will really hurt them. Kevin Love is now the number one option. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, they drafted Colin Sexton. Uh, Colin Sexton, I think, will be a really nice player in the NBA. Kind of with a Russell Westbrook mentality. I don't think he'll ever be Russell Westbrook. But I think he'll, he has the type of mentality where he just goes straight downhill at players. Um, but Cleveland's got a lot of problems. I mean, you got J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, you know, a lot of... A lot of older guys that don't really know what they're doing, if that makes sense. I don't, you know, obviously Tyron Lue is now the head coach. Um, it's going to be very difficult without LeBron James to do anything in the Eastern Conference for them. And that leaves the Chicago Bulls. Now the Bulls signed Jabari Parker. Um, I, they're getting a young core together of Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Lowry Markinen, they drafted Wendell Carter Jr. I love that pick. I think he is the next Al Horford. That's a really great move by them. I think the one thing they have to do is they're going to have to fire Fred Hoiberg. Fred Hoiberg, to me, is not a good coach. Fred Hoiberg belongs in college. He was great at Iowa State. Um, I, I just don't see him as an NBA coach. I think the Bulls will let him go at some point, and they'll bring in um, and it's either a former head coach or an assistant coach. Um, you know, that's doing really well in the NBA. So that's my central division predictions. So let's go to the Southeast division, where the winner for me will be the Washington Wizards. And when you have John Wall and Bradley Beal in the backcourt, that's very tough to beat. Um, I thought they would be a perfect team for Jimmy Butler, but obviously now that they're paying Otto Porter Jr. $25 million a year, they can't. Um, they traded... Marcin Gortat to the Clippers for Austin Rivers, and then they signed Dwight Howard. What's Dwight Howard going to do? I don't know. I, I don't know. He seems to change teams like I changed my underwear. So I, I don't really know um, what's going to happen with Dwight. He has an injury right now that he's out. Um, so I, I think the Washington Wizards will still win the division just because of the two guards. Uh, the second place team for me is going to be the Miami Heat. Uh, obviously... If they get Jimmy Butler, that'll certainly help their their chances. Um, Dwayne Wade re-signed for another year, but I love the two young kids they have, Bam Adebayo and Josh Richardson. Uh, these two kids, you know, they, they're really good players. Um, they played really well last night in the preseason game. They have a point guard in Goran Dragic who can certainly help them and Hassan Whiteside at center. I like what Miami has. They play hard every game. is the kind of coach that gets them to play hard. Obviously, the organization run by Pat Riley. Um, so I think Miami will have a very good season. Um, the third place team for me is the Charlotte Hornets. Obviously, the big question for them is what's going to happen to Kemba Walker? Does he want to leave Charlotte and go try to win? Does he want to resign in Charlotte long term? I, I think Kemba Walker, I think he really wants to be in Charlotte. But I think what he also understands is he's never going to win there. And it's about does he want to be loyal or does he want to win? Um, I happen to think he's going to leave and come to the Knicks. I think he'll be the starting point guard for the Knicks next season. He loves New York. You know, he played at UConn. He's a local boy from the Bronx. Um, but we'll see what happens with Charlotte. They hired uh, a new head coach this year, and we'll see how that works out for them. Unfortunately, I just don't think they have enough talent uh, to do anything this year, really. Um, my fourth-place team is Orlando. They drafted Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba is... A really nice player. Um, I think he's more of a project than most people think. Um, they need Jonathan Isaac, last year's draft pick, to step up. Um, they didn't really do much this offseason. Uh, they fired Frank Vogel. They hired Steve Clifford from the Charlotte Hornets. I think Steve Clifford's a very good coach, but I don't think this team is any good. This team has struggled to find a franchise player. Uh, so I personally do not think that this team will do any good this year. And then the last place team for me is the Atlanta Hawks. Um, this team is in a major, major rebuild. You know, they traded Al Horford to Boston. They let Millsap go to Denver. Teague went to Minnesota. And now the team drafted Trey Young, the point guard out of Oklahoma, hoping he can be a spark plug for them. And then they also have John Collins, power forward out of Wake Forest. So we'll see what Atlanta does this season. I, I don't think they're going to be very good. I think they're probably going to be a top five lottery team. Uh, they hired Lloyd Pierce, the assistant coach from Brett Brown in Philadelphia. And we'll see how it works out for them.
So my eight playoff teams in the East, uh, the number one seed will be Boston, two will be Philadelphia, three Toronto, four Milwaukee, excuse me, four Indiana, five Milwaukee, six Washington, seven Detroit, and eight Miami. That's what I think, it, how it's going to play out. Um, I, I think the eight teams in the East are pretty much set in stone unless a major injury happens, which hasn't happened yet, and hopefully it won't. Um, but we'll see what happens in the East. Uh, I'm picking the Celtics to go to the finals. So now let's shift to the Western Conference. Uh, the Western Conference involves, uh, you know, obviously the defending champs in Golden State um, are over there. So I'm going to go very quickly through this in the Northwest Division, which I think is the hardest division. Um, for me, it goes... Uh, I think Oklahoma City is going to win the division again. Then I would go Utah, Denver, Portland, and then Minnesota at the bottom. In the South Southwest Division, I would go Houston. Then I would go New Orleans, San Antonio, Dallas, Memphis. And then in the West, I would go with Golden State. Then I would go with the LA Lakers. Then I would go with the LA Clippers, the Phoenix Suns, and then the Sacramento Kings. So my eight teams in the West, one Golden State, two Houston, three Lakers, four Oklahoma City, five Utah, six Denver, seven Portland, and eight New Orleans. Uh, I, I don't see any of those other teams making it. San Antonio losing to Jante Murray will hurt them. Uh, for me, the conference finals, Golden State and the LA Lakers. And I have Golden State obviously winning and then being Boston in the finals. Golden State is too good. And then hopefully Kevin Durant will leave to come to the Knicks. So our last section for today um, will be hockey. Um, we obviously will do college sports, but we'll do it mostly tomorrow and Saturday because that's when the college games get played. Um, so we will do hockey last. Okay, so our last segment is going to be the NHL. Now, the NHL season has already started. Um, I am, full disclosure, I am a New York Rangers fan. Um, and we will see what happens this season with them. Uh, my NHL predictions this season, I'll, I'll go through them very quickly as this podcast is coming to a close. Um, for me, we'll start in the... Metropolitan Division. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins win it. I think they're refreshed from, you know, losing last year to Washington. I think Pittsburgh wins the division. I think Washington will come in second. I will pick the Columbus Blue Jackets to come in third. I think Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky will have a big season because they're both unrestricted free agents at the end of the season. And uh, I think the Philadelphia Flyers will come in fourth. I think that the Carolina Hurricanes will come in fifth, the Devils in sixth, the Rangers in seventh, and the Islanders in eighth. In the Atlantic Division, I like the Boston. I like the uh, excuse me, the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the division, the Toronto Maple Leafs to come in second, the Boston Bruins to come in third, the Florida Panthers to come in fourth, the Buffalo Sabers to come in fifth. The Montreal Canadiens to come in 6th, the Detroit Red Wings to come in 7th, and the Ottawa Senators to come in 8th. So my 8 playoff teams are Pittsburgh, Washington, Columbus, Philly, Tampa, Toronto, Boston, and Florida. Uh, I think the Eastern Conference Finals will be Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh, and I think the Tampa Bay Lightning get past Pittsburgh and go to the Stanley Cup Finals. In the Western Conference, in the Central Division, I like the Winnipeg Jets to win it. Nashville in second, St. Louis third, Dallas fourth, Colorado fifth, Minnesota sixth, and Chicago seventh. In the Pacific Division, I like San Jose first, then Vegas second, Calgary third, LA fourth, Anaheim fifth, Edmonton sixth, Vancouver seventh, and Arizona eighth. 
excuse me, Arizona 7th and Vancouver 8th. I apologize. Um, so for me, the eight playoff teams are Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis, Dallas, San Jose, Vegas, Calgary, and L.A. Uh, coming out of the Western Conference Finals will be the San Jose Sharks and the Winnipeg Jets. I think the Winnipeg Jets beat the San Jose Sharks. And it'll be the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Winnipeg Jets in the Stanley Cup Final. And the Tampa Bay Lightning will win the Stanley Cup Finals this year. That will be my prediction for this season. Obviously, we have a long way to go. We're three games into the season for a lot of these teams. A lot can happen. Injuries can happen. Things can happen. There's always surprise teams and disappointing teams and all these different things. Uh, I will give a bold prediction this year for the NHL. And that is that the Detroit Red Wings will fire head coach Jeff Blaschel. They will bring in general manager Steve Eiserman, who left Tampa Bay, to come in and be the GM. I believe the Chicago Blackhawks fired Joel Quenville. And I believe the Detroit Red Wings hired Joel Quenville to be their next head coach in their franchise history to replace Jeff Blaschel. That's my bold prediction for the day. Uh, This concludes episode one of the All Sports Podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please give me feedback. I would really appreciate it. Um, This is my first ever podcast I'm doing, so obviously this is all new to me, new technology. So please leave a comment. Shoot me a message. It'd be great. My name is Andrew Schaefer, and enjoy all the sports out there today.